Good morning out there in Radio Land. This is Mornings with Box 2 Radio on this May 31st, almost June 2023. Can't believe it's already there, right around the corner. Um, this year is, to me, flying by. It just seems like every single day gets faster and faster and faster. And I'm about ready for longer days so I can sleep a little bit more to the glory of God. Elijah took naps. Jesus took naps. I think naps are a godly thing, and I'm very thankful for the time I get to sleep. Hallelujah. And so um, this is just the day the Lord has made. This is the day that God can do anything. Why? Because he's the God of the impossible. And whenever it seems like there's no way through and there's no way out, um, he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. He'll take the Red Sea and part it every single time. He'll orchestrate events to position you right where you need to be, all to the glory of his name. And I'm telling you what, if the body of Christ would have a willing yes and amen to it, then we would start to see the glory of God in a whole new way, in a whole new manner, in a whole new capacity. And so, because if we ask him to position us, guess what, friend? He will position us. He will put us in the right place. He will put us in the right method. He will He will design us for a proper purpose. He will crush the oil, whatever he needs to do to get the thing done. He'll get it done. But whenever he does the work, he works all things together for our good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. And so when we trust him with the process, we trust him with the outcome. When we trust him with the outcome, it's always good because he's always good, friend. And so I just wanted to encourage you this morning that regardless of what you're going through, Regardless of what left hooks are hitting you out of nowhere, regardless of what fiery darts the enemy's throwing at you, regardless of what the enemy wants to manipulate, accuse, and twist your brain to think, he is good, he is merciful, he is full of grace, he is an incredible, incredible dad. Amen. So again, on this May 31st, 2023, it's the only one you'll ever have in the history of your life. You'll never have another May 31st, 2023. So today, make the best of it, friend. Um, go, go, go! Be all you can be for the kingdom of God. I think it's um, what was that old saying? Be all you can be, or something like that. Well, do it all for the kingdom of God and for Jesus Christ. He is our wonderful Savior. Well, I don't know about you, but I did not experience any thunderstorm that was on a prowl yesterday. Um, I never seen a thunderstorm prowling. I never heard a thunderstorm. Never felt a thunderstorm. And so I guess the predator backed off to an extent, um, but I was I was ready for a thunderstorm. It's getting kind of getting dry, so I was hoping it would a little bit. It helps bush hogging whenever you get all that dust everywhere. So uh, Jamie and Miss Hannah's in the house. How are you all? Doing good this morning. Hallelujah. Doing good. We, it was a beautiful wedding yesterday. It mm-hmm. was. The weather actually turned out really beautiful. Yeah, it was good barbecue, um, good chips, good drinks. <laughs> Good company, good wedding, Miss uh, Miss Courtney and Mr. Nathan, or as we could say, Mr. and Mrs. Taylor. Uh, their wedding was absolutely beautiful. Um, it was a great outdoor thing. Now, I guess it was good that that, that uh, thunderstorm wasn't on the prowl because it would be prowling right during the wedding. And so it must have been the Lord that held that off. Hey, man. Hey, look who it is. Briley's in the house. You going to Mike Briley? No? Oh, man. Uh, but, no, God is so good, and the weather was awesome. The wedding was amazing. Um, the bride and the groom, they looked awesome and great and beautiful, and it was just a it was a wonderful wedding. Uh, Jason did a good job officiating it, um, even the breath spray and 
the does anybody object and was that the, what he did was the breath spray well at the end before he kissed the bride yeah. Mike yeah he walked up to Micah and he gave him breath spray okay I was uh, like we were all like is he kissing him or like what's <laughs> happening and so um, now, his I, brother I seen you all you all had a lot of fun after I saw some videos of some dance parties and dance contests and, yeah it was um, pretty fun I had to leave I literally ate in jet and um, had a foster care training video for a couple hours um, Zoom call, town hall, I don't know what it is, um, but had that for a couple hours afterwards. So afternoon was busy, evening was busy, busy, but it was a wonderful wedding. And um, congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Taylor. Amen. Uh, Jacob Swift's in the house too. How are you, Jacob? Doing good. How about you? Good, good. And um, it's good to have you on this Wednesday morning. Briley, if you want to go grab a chair, you don't have to stand and watch the whole time. You're okay. You can even have a mic. I'll give you a mic, Briley. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> She's leaving here in a few minutes. She's, She's leaving. Holiday World. Oh. Holiday World. Man, that sounds good. A little water, a little, little peace and... Funnel cakes. I love funnel cakes. <laughs> mm. Yeah, funnel cakes are good. My brain always goes to food at Holiday World. Um, I love funnel cakes. I like the Goblin Burger. It's always pretty solid. Um, definitely the Thanksgiving restaurant's the best, though. Get a little turkey and, turkey and gravy. Mashed potatoes are on point. Um, chicken's not bad there. And then, of course, you, you can have the Dippin' Dots, which is available in about 18 different spots. And I know every part of, part of the park that has <laughs> Dippin' Dots. Um, if you walk up front too, you got your funnel cakes and you got your French fries up front. That was always delicious to get on your way out, so you can have a funnel cake to eat on your way home. Uh, I know my food. Pretty much, I map out my vacations, my days at theme parks all around food. I just wonder this year they're trying. They're going to sell beer this year. I wonder what made them decide to do really? that. Really? Well, I'm sure money. I mean, you make yeah. you make uh, your your sales increase, and, and so. I get that. But what if somebody gets drunk and pukes all over the ride that's gonna be bad well jackson done puked all over plenty of rides so uh, <laughs> uh or no was it nola jack i can't remember it was one of our kids May, well maybe it was me i don't know it could have been heather for all i know um but no we we love holiday world so they're so they're charging for the beer they're not doing like free drinks like, <laughs> like the free because that place will be loaded with people <laughs> yeah um no we're actually we're taking a holiday trip Soon, yep. a couple of weeks I'll from see. now, we got a whole family. We we stay at the campground next door, and yep. they have a shuttle that just take us back and forth. And mm-hmm. the campground has its own water park and a couple of other parks and their own restaurant. They have mm. ice cream, they have pizza, chicken tenders. Um, they ha- I think they do funnel cakes too there maybe. <laughs> um, their ice cream's really <laughs> solid unless it's really hot. I didn't know. So they have their own water park. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's not like wall. It's not Holiday World, but yeah. it's like this. Only they got a few slides. They got a pool. Um, wow. They got a kids' ground. So that was the one that we were talking about last week that I got on, right? Yeah, and you flipped. Yeah. True. Um, <laughs> and so, but yeah, forget um, that one. That's Holiday World's our favorite theme park. Um, I think they have the best water park that I've ever been to personally. I mean, they do. I don't think I've never been to a theme park, and I've been to quite a few that um, even competes with it at this point. Um, they. They're good. Their water park's really fun. And um, <clears throat> and so, Bradley, you have a good time. Life's tough. Get a helmet. All right. Um, <laughs> that's our joke. And so, but it is good to be in the house of the Lord on mm-hmm. this studio. We call it the house of the Lord sometimes just because, well, 
Um, we have church every it single is. morning, two hours, mm-hmm. two hours every single morning. We have church, get to talk a little Bible, get to uh, we're studying the Gospel of John, and um, we just we're so thankful that you give us your ear for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. That um, we're humbled by it. We honor you for doing that, and we're honored by you guys doing that. And so um, just just grateful on this May thirty first, two thousand twenty three. And I do think we may have a little bit of rain coming in today. Um, another chance of a prowling thunderstorm, maybe. I don't know. But we could use it. So, um, <clears throat> Also, let's see here. Announcement-wise, we got the Women's Conference coming up May 9th and 10th. Not this Friday and Saturday, but the following one right around the corner. Uh, Miss Megan Fortner will be here Friday night, 6 o'clock p.m. That's kind of the Arrow Ministry. And then Saturday is the Coffee with Jesus. They're going to start at 4, so it's like a combined effort. Uh, I think we called it rising remnant of a rising remnant of witnesses drinking coffee with Jesus. We can, <laughs> uh, and so it's good stuff. Uh, y'all excited for that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, very excited. Megan Fortner is bringing the word, and we're really excited for her. Yeah, to come. I actually, I have a video from her that um, she just sent me la- la- yesterday evening. So um, I might be releasing that here on social media soon but we're really excited she is she is just so enthusiastic about the lord and her energy it's not just energy but it's a passion for the lord you know Mm -hmm. and it's just contagious Mm -hmm. um and she has a i mean i don't know she might have miss gail beat for i i wouldn't say beat i would say they're tied for the gift of encouragement and i've never seen that because miss gail is like the best encourager I've ever met. So that's it's pretty impressive at her age that she's about tied with Miss Gale with the gift of encouragement. She just she really she puts other people before herself, and I think that's mm-hmm. what she really focuses on, and she's so good at. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's something I've never been accused of as being encouraging. Uh. <laughs> It's it you you have to be a lot of times if you're that encouraging as like Miss Gale or Miss Megan or somebody, it's very intentional. Like mm-hmm. you're you yeah. know usually you don't accidentally encourage people. You have to be intentional about the encouragement. And um, I've tried it a couple times. Um, it didn't fit very well. It's like putting on Saul's armor. It just didn't go well. So uh, <laughs> and so I'm just kidding. But it is it's important to encourage. Um, a part of part of edifying each other is encouraging each other. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm yeah. really excited for the ladies to be able to have that opportunity to come together, be edified, be encouraged, um, be empowered for this day because I'm telling you what, the Lord is coming soon and he's getting his bride ready. Amen. 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 And um, I'm very thankful that he is stirring the hearts of the body, that he's drawing people closer to him and that there truly is a hunger for the Lord. I mean, we saw that, you know, just things like we see Sunday morning, you know, mm-hmm. just that eagerness to let go of unforgiveness. So that yeah. eagerness, let the Lord dig mm-hmm. deep, not shallow. You know, I think I, I, I'm, I am, I'm going to say something and I don't want people to misinterpret it. I'm thankful for the seasons of fire tunnels. I'm thankful for the seasons of all that, that we've had, but I'm really thankful that we're in the season where we're finally letting the Lord deal with things. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I think we, we, we allowed the exuberance and that tenacity, ah, that, that, that passion of that to override actually allowing the Lord to work deep. And mm-hmm. so instead of letting unforgiveness fall off, we just wanted to fall on the floor again and lay there. And, and I love the presence of the Lord, but 
I think for so long we almost ignored all the deep roots, and mm-hmm. we wondered why the we wondered why the bad fruit kept coming back because we actually never dealt with the root. Mm-hmm. And so we'd fall on the floor for a couple minutes, get really excited, and then go home. And then three weeks later, we're the same person. Why? Because we never dealt with the root. Yeah. We just got excited mm-hmm. for a night. And it's nothing bad about feeling the presence of God. It's nothing about, there's nothing bad about the goosebumps. There's nothing bad about falling on the floor if that's what happens. Laying a sp- I don't, it, there's nothing inherently bad about that. I just very thankful that we're in the season where the Lord's dealing with the roots now. Mm-hmm. And um, what I see coming is a healthy body of Christ that is getting mature, that's getting more consistent, that is getting healthier and whole. And I'm 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 really thankful that he's he really what he's doing, he's preparing his bride. I mm-hmm. I yeah. know that's what he's doing. Yeah. And yeah. um he's gotta get this junk out of us. And mm-hmm. so <clears throat> and and it's time that we, we allow him to do so. Yeah, mm-hmm. start surrendering. Yeah. Um, and so that's night, May, June the 9th <laughs> and 10th, 6 o'clock Friday night, 4 o'clock um, Saturday, and that's going to be an incredible time. Child care will pre- be provided um, thank, thanks to Joe and Joey Daycare. Um, <laughs> and then also we have, uh, there was another announcement I was going to make, if y'all can help me remember it off the top of my head. I don't have it in front of me. Uh-oh. Well, I forgot it. Was it Brother Lance Johnson? Yes, thank you. That was it. Uh, <laughs> Lance Johnson will be at Madrid Pentecostal this Friday night. If I mean Sunday night, Sunday night at six o'clock p.m. If you've never had, if you never heard Brother Lance Johnson preach, I've heard. I haven't heard him in person, but I have heard him on podcast mm-hmm. and on live, on the radio. And on the radio, he was here with us one morning. I think he's going to be with us again for Monday morning. Um, just, just a great, great man of God, um, mm-hmm. preaching um, machine. Really, he, he's a he's a great preacher from what I've heard, and so he's he's going to be at Major Pentecostal Sunday night at six o'clock p.m. So make plans to be over there, and um, it, you're definitely going to be blessed. And I know, I know that we're not um, we don't have all the details yet, but tentatively speaking. Um, there's going to be a three-day conference in September where we will host here at Bethel with Brother Lance Johnson and his whole team's going to be here for a three-night revival meeting. That, um, and here's the thing: a lot of the times when he does these, they'll get extended, and because the, the glory of God's here. So, mm-hmm. um, West, well, North Georgia revival. He was instrumental in that first part of it, and now they're um, seven years into it, and they've not stopped, and they're only getting stronger. West Kentucky, same thing. Um, years and years and years later, they're still in revival, and they're still having every Sunday, Monday night, they're having services. And so, who knows what God's going to do? Mm-hmm. It, it could start something seven, eight years down the road. We're still experiencing the glory of God. Well, we Amen. say yes, Lord. We say yes. And so, um, that's that's our heartbeat: is yes and amen. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Um, the Lord has blessed us a lot here with the ability. And the resources, like the buildings and everything like that, mm-hmm. to host. And um, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows yeah. what's going to happen? And uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm, I'm I'm expecting we're going to start praying into it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be something we're going to start praying pretty hard on Saturday nights. Um, and with our little, what do we call ourselves that one night? <laughs> Uh, God Squad or something. <laughs> Jesus Squad. Jesus uh, Squad. Jesus Squad. Um, and so uh, it's, yeah, I love it. We have about a, I, I guess there's what? I don't know off the top of my head. It's pretty faithful, the ones that are there. Um, 
I guess we have about 12 to 15 people. Mm. Would you say it's a good yeah, number? Yeah, about. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's about 12 to 15 people. That's pretty consistent praying on Saturday nights, and um, I, I'm, I'm thankful. It's not always easy to keep that commitment and always easy to keep that dedication to come every Saturday night. And, you know, I've missed a night, and I don't know if Hannah's missed a night. Jamie <laughs> went back to college for some reason for a couple of weeks. I, I don't understand that, but uh, something either. about she wanted, to gra- <laughs> she, wanted to, she wanted to graduate and walk down some kind of aisle. I don't know what this aisle is. Uh, might be I another aisle coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, and, um, Jamie likes aisles, okay? Yeah. What can you say? And so she likes walking down them. But it was um, – no, it, it's – Hey, it's well, a, time back to box two. I mean, she did pledge for her future husband. Husband. So, you yeah. know, God works. Yeah. He does. God well, works when you have intentionality behind your giving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, well, you know, you're you're speaking of prayer, and we're speaking of that Saturday night prayer meeting. If you ever want to come out and join us in prayer, that we do that at 7 o'clock on Saturday nights. And they are great. Like, we just have a time kind of individual where we worship, pray, mm-hmm. walk around, whatever you want to do. Um, last Saturday night, I disappeared behind the the baptism and just laid there and prayed until I got up and then Miss Mary said, I'm not going to lie, you startled me a little bit. I just saw your head rise. Uh, I wasn't in the baptism, okay? I was behind it. And um, and so uh, that's good. But if you ever want to come and join us, 7 o'clock, um, PM, 7 o'clock p.m. on Saturday night and then also there's another prayer meeting here on Tuesdays at 10. And um, either one of those is available for anybody who wants to come pray. Also, right after Miss Jeannie and Miss Karen raise the hallelujah today at 930, you're able to text, call, or submit on the new app, Prayer Wall, um, your prayer request. And we have live prayer at 930, and Miss Hannah and Miss Mary host that and pray on live on the air for your request. So if you have anything you want us to pray for, please don't hesitate to get that in, and we would love to pray with you. We're, pr- we're praying, connecting in faith with you. Whatever God, um, whatever you're asking the Lord of, or maybe you're just praising the Lord for something, we want to connect in faith with you. So you can call the station, 270-257-2689. You can text me at 270-230-6337. You can also engage and interact with the broadcast by texting me. Again, my number is 270-230-6337. If you don't have the new app, you can go to your app store or the Google store or the Android store, whatever that is. I don't know. Um... And you can type in Tidesley Church app, download that app, search box two, and you're there, basically. You're basically there, and you don't have to do that every time. But on the new app, there is a prayer wall, <clears throat> and you can submit your prayer request that way. Uh, for example, me and Ethan was sitting at the table yesterday at the after the wedding, and um, and we were discussing some things, and we were discussing prayer and somehow we got on the babies because little oh little Georgia just showed up out of no, I didn't even know where she got to at the table. She just was there. And I said, I'm going to submit a prayer request for you all to have twins, Ethan. I knew this was uh, <laughs> That's what I said. I said, I'm going to send it. I said, do you think Hannah would see it? Oh she Lord. goes, probably. And I said, well, I was going to submit it. And then as I was eating my ice, waiting for the food, um, I was about to submit it. And then my bro- my cup broke. Literally, I'm just holding my cup. And it just broke in my hand. I'm not even holding it tight. I just broke. And it and it got me distracted from submitting my prayer request. Maybe the Lord didn't want you to. So uh, <laughs> so I will make sure I am diligent in submitting that request He's sometimes. Like, mm, not my timing yet. Uh, <laughs> make your glass break. So if, if you have an anonymous prayer requester today of uh, twins, 
<laughs> well, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jamie's looking at me like, <laughs> oh, look, you done got Eliza on it. And Eliza... Eliza's prayer. I don't know. Like she, she has this Daniel type anointing that the Lord just hears her. Uh, (laughs) um, It's like for real. Like kind of scary. It's no joke. Like I mean, like y'all think we're kidding. Like when she starts to pray for something, it just happens. I mean, like I'm all about faith, but (laughs) I mean, like I'm I'm all about faith. I'm like, don't get this double minded sitting there. But I'm telling you, when Eliza starts to pray for something, I've really never seen her pray for something that didn't happen. Didn't y'all, get, didn't y'all get the Ivy the day yeah, before? Yeah, she, she prayed right. just a couple of days before yeah. we got Ivy, and we're thinking like a baby, and then all of a sudden like she prays for a baby sister. She wants a baby sister, and literally we get a call like two or three days later. Hey, you want a baby sister? We don't have to go through the pregnancy process. It's just, <laughs> you want a baby sister? <laughs> and so um, oh, it's just, she just there, and then like she will... She just knows things. I don't know. I know. It's crazy. She That's does. A- I, I, I don't know how she knows. I mean, I'm assuming the Lord, but... <laughs> Hopefully the Lord. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, let's see here. We're in John chapter 10 still. Uh, I think we're in verse 22 because we talked yesterday about the devil, blind eyes, and all this. Um, today, we're going to start into um, verse 22 of chapter 10. And it was at Jerusalem, the Feast of the Dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews around him, about him and said unto him, How long doest thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Well, I'm sitting here thinking about this, and I'm like, Well, how much more plain do you want to get? Like, Jesus has been pretty blunt throughout the process. So it's not something new. It's not something like he's trying to hide. He's pretty much said a pr- um, pretty bluntly who he is, why he's here, who their dad is, uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and so it's like they're saying, how long does thou make us doubt? And they're blaming him. Like, they're doubting, but they're actually blaming them for him for their doubt. So they're like, how much, how much longer are you going to cause us to doubt? Jesus probably then... Um, I can just see him looking at him and smacking himself in the forehead and saying, Oh, brother. Oh, brother. How? Open your eyes. Unlock your ears. Something. Because this is honestly, um, this is kind of what I would see as blame shifting. They know they're not right. They know they know the truth. I think they can sense it by this point. They're unwilling to receive the truth. So instead of it coming back on them and their inability or unwillingness to receive the truth, they're going to put it on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And how many times does do we do stuff like that to the Lord? Mm-hmm. We know what you're telling us to do, <laughs> but I don't know if I want to do it. So I think we talked about this last week, maybe. I forgot. Maybe, maybe. I forgot which one we talked to with. But sometimes we mask our disobedience with the word waiting on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we already have the word. We just don't like the word. So we're waiting on another word. And so we're really being disobedient, but we're masking it in a spirituality and calling it, oh, we're just waiting on the word from the Lord. But you already have the word. Uh-huh. Yep. For one, if the word of God tells you to do it, you don't need another word. You don't need a rhema word. If the word, if it's in the word, like it's like this. Well, the word of God said, let no perverted speech come out of my mouth. Well, I really need to hear from the Lord if this is perverted or not. Mm-hmm. Seriously? Like you, if, if you have to discern if it's perverted or not, it's perverted. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly. Yeah. Like, if you're questioning it, like, there's no, 
Well, I don't know. Is that I feel like it's kind of perverted someday, and I feel like it's kind of not. Well, it depends on the context. Maybe it's who I'm talking to. Am I just around guys or am I around girls? Which one is it going to be like? And then we're just going to be like, oh, it's better well, I, to just cut it out. Just cut it out. Well, because if you have to ask the Lord, you know, well, is this really bad speech? Well, probably it is because if there's a hint of it, if there's even an indecisiveness about it being bad, odds are it's bad speech. Mm-hmm. And so we know not to say it, but. We're still saying it because we're waiting on the Lord to tell us it's bad. Well, we don't need the Lord to tell us bad. He already told us in the Word. And and so I think that's where sometimes um, we really do try to mask and hide our disobedience and shift blame. Like we want to blame somebody else. Um, and I think these are, this is what these people are doing with Jesus. Yeah. Anything? Nope. All right. Jamie? Jacob? No. I'm oh, all right, Jesus answered them. I told you. I love it. I told you. <laughs> He's like, what else do you want? I told you, and you don't believe. That's what he basically says. Like, you can't blame me. Jesus basically looks at them, said, I told you. You can't blame me for you not believing. <laughs> and I don't know, like, Jesus like, any clearer than that? Do I need to say this again? Um, and because that's what he basically does. He, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness to me. So he's saying this. He's actually compounding and multiplying here because he says, first of all, I told you, you didn't believe. And not only did you not believe what I've said, you haven't believed what I've done because what I've done has bear witness of my Father. You don't even believe the works that I'm doing. You don't believe what I'm telling you. This is on you. This isn't on me because you believe not. And the reason you don't believe is because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you already. I'm going to add that word already because he's already told them. Like he's done said, your father is who? The devil. So he's told them over and over throughout John. Mm -hmm. He's saying, you're not hearing because your dad's not my dad. Mm-hmm. And and this is but but he does not. Now this is careful because I can hear I can hear like this whole dichotomy of thought going on with people right now is that well yeah, it's predestination. They're not the elect, therefore mm-hmm. they don't hear. Or they did this and there. These are both happening. Like we can't like we can't negate that there is this process where father the father's calling certain sheep. Mm-hmm. But also Jesus didn't take the responsibility off the sheep or the the sheep is not his or the people because he says, you believe not. So he did not mm-hmm. say, well, my father caused you not to believe. Therefore, you don't believe. Will. He yeah. says, you believe not. But yet there is still this um, you're not hearing because you're not my sheep. Yeah. So there's sovereignty and free will both kissing each other right there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's throughout scripture. You will never find a time where they're opposite or contradictory. You cannot find it in Scripture where the sovereignty of God and the free will of man contradict. You can never find it. And if you can, I'll give you a, I'll take you to Sandy's. All right. (laughs) I'll buy you a milkshake. Because you can't. Like, they're always together. Even if you go back into the Old Testament, um, Israel's being judged. And he's using the king of Persia to do so. The king of Persia was a wicked man. The king of Persia has already conquered the other half of Israel. And he's mocking God. He's literally mocking God. And he's saying, look... Uh, this puny God already took out one part of Israel. This will be nothing. Like he's mocking. But yet the Lord says this. The Lord said, I'm going to use, I'm using the king of Persia to judge Israel. Mm -hmm. And so basically 
Yes, the king of Persia does not want anything to do with the father. He's mocking. He's contrary. He's contradicting. He's conquering. He's killing Israel. He's doing all these things. Yet the Lord says, I'm using them. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that sovereignty, mm-hmm. free yeah. will. It just never contradicts. Yeah. Peter deals with this in Acts chapter 3. Whenever he um, starts to preach the first sermon he's ever preached to the people of the Jews, and they're just empowered with the Holy Ghost, he starts to preach. This is when thousands are starting to come to Christ. And what does he say? He say, the Jesus that you killed. Who's he talking to? The Jews. He said that you killed. So who's he blaming to kill Jesus? The Jews. Mm -hmm. But his next statement is this. According to the will or the plan, depending on what translation you're using, according to the will or the plan of the Father before the foundation of the world. Mm -hmm. So he said, the Lord's already planned for you to kill Jesus. But he never took the blame off of them. He still said, you killed Jesus because it was your free will to do so. But it was always God's sovereign plan for you to execute. But they never felt like puppets. Mm -hmm. That's where the dichotomy comes in. And we try to split them. But all throughout scripture, you find them walking in unison together. Mm -hmm. Um, Because God don't make mistakes. And God sees the end from the beginning. And he sees the beginning from the end. So it's like there's no... The Lord doesn't understand, like he doesn't understand. Okay, no, I don't want to use that <laughs> word. Uh, the, the Lord doesn't um, work in our time. Mm-hmm. I apologize and use the word instead. Uh, but he doesn't work in our time. He's not limited to 24 7. Um, Peter tells us, and this is where I think we have, to use, we have to be careful not to use Peter as like, I don't use the Peter scripture as one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day because I don't think that's actually talking about a calendar issue. Or an actual time issue. I think he's talking about there because in the context he's basically saying this, um, <clears throat> that there's no concept of time for the Father. So it's when you're with him, a day could be a thousand years or a thousand years could be a day. There's really not a conceptualization of time at that yeah. point. There, It's just there. And you don't think about it. And <clears throat> Hey, could they, could they have gotten the unconditional salvation people got use this verse uh, on down where it says... I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Um, I yeah, I mean, that. well, for sure. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I believe in apostasy, but I believe it's very rare. Yeah. I, I mean, like, when I say very rare, I'm talking, like, rarer than the goostery steak. It's rare. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and, <clears throat> it's, and, I, and I think it's not about... I don't think it's about my works i think it's about my faith mm-hmm. and i think the only way you can apostatize is you utterly walk away from the faith you once cling to and then but then the question you could push a little bit harder is john calvin's perseverance the saints well they walked away because they never was of it yeah mm-hmm. um so these are the questions that is they're good to talk about amongst yourself as long as nobody's getting mad or arguing um because i think any true theologian anybody who's really trying to search this out in depth will never allow like sin to be taken easy on. Yeah. Unfortunately, we think of unsecure. We, we relate unconditional security to once saved, always saved. And once saved, always saved really does have this inclination to be, you just say a prayer, you get saved mm-hmm. and you kind of do whatever else you want the rest of your life and you're okay because you said the prayer. Well, I can assure you that if you ever read the Institutes of Christian Religion from by John Calvin, he never states anything like that. And he never teaches once in grace, always in grace. He teaches perseverance of the saints. 
which is totally different. Um, <clears throat> and so I, I think that this scripture is used by a lot, though, and we'll, we will get to it. I don't know if we're going to get to it today. Um, and we may be able to talk about it after in the context. I mean, I'm, I'm game to talk about anything. Um, but if you all want to talk about eternal security and unconditional security, I don't care to a bit. It's still a hot topic, and a lot of people still discuss <laughs> this. Um, so I have no problem visiting this again. We can look at some of the scriptures that's used and dialogued about on this issue. Um, <clears throat> I'm pretty close. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not, I don't hide it. I don't mask it. I'm pretty close. I still believe there's apostasy. I just believe it's really rare. Um, I kind of say it like this. I'm about as close as you can get without being it. But I don't I don't ever call myself once in grace, always in grace. I stick more probably to an – I don't want to say I'm all for perseverance of the saints. I still have a couple of thoughts on it, but I'm pretty close. So, I'm, and I don't try to mask that. But most of the time it's – the question a lot of people ask is, are they truly saved? I mean, that's where it comes down. Well, I think that's going to be your question. Um, Because, see, and I know we got to go to break, but um, Hannah and Jamie's around me a lot here at the station. And they, Mm -hmm. we we talk about a lot of issues, talk a lot lot about Bible and interpretation of text and everything. Here's our problem is we see the, we see this kind of stuff done very poorly. And we try to say, well, that, that can't be right. Well, it's because it's not right. It's not done right. And so we can't think of like our, security and our assurance and look at somebody who just said a prayer doing whatever they want and say, well, that's not, that's not being safe. Well, probably isn't actually. So we can't use them as our example. What we have to do is find godly, faithful witnesses and examples of what it would be to live this life. Because honestly, one thing that, one thing that Jesus died for that we don't really talk about much is assurance. Mm -hmm. Like we know, we can know that we're going. I'm not waking up in the morning wondering, am I going to go to heaven or not? Like, I know. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Jesus' blood is enough. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. Like, yeah. I trust him. And it's either we trust him or we don't trust him. It's, mm-hmm. it's am I trusting in him or am I trusting in myself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'd never want to trust in myself because I know what myself will do. Mm-hmm. I trust in him. And if I get to, um, when I go to heaven, if I went there today and I got asked, why am I going in there? I tell I'm not going to look at him and say, well, I'm a pretty good boy. Like I did this. I went to church. I read my Bible. I fat. We're basically presenting the Lord with dirty rags and expecting mm-hmm. him to let mm-hmm. us in. Yeah. I'm going to look at him and say, because Jesus blood washed me white as snow. And he who knew no sin became sin so that I may become the righteousness of God. Nothing mm-hmm. about Aaron. It's all, it's all about Jesus yeah. at the end of the day. It's all about Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, well, let's do yeah. our first trivia question. We'll, we'll talk more about this afterwards because um, let's see here. Tuesday, question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. Joseph interpreted the dream of the Pharaoh of Egypt. Uh, that was Tuesday, yesterday. This is Wednesday. Um, Wednesday, question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What king's name by interpretation means king of righteousness? What king's name by interpretation means king of Righteousness. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All right, we are back here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio. We've had some good conversation over the break. Um, I think we're going to go back into that scripture, right, Jacob? We've been talking about the, uh, is it Matthew 7? We we it got it started when we was talking about John, but 
I think uh, you're talking about the we cast devils out. Yeah, ca- when people will cast out devils in Jesus' name, and He will say, "Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you." Um, very uh, highly debated scripture. Um, I think it's probably one of the most debated scriptures. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, it's very controversial, um, but we're gonna we're gonna tackle it i I believe Mm -hmm. aaron said he's tackled this like three times already on the (laughs) this year (laughs) i don't know how many times i've tackled this question already um and it's and honestly it don't get easier like it's just it's a very it's kind of like a um a fruit or um something like you're peeling away you just keep peeling away Mm -hmm. layers you keep doing that it's kind of like those flaky biscuits uh (laughs) you know i'm talking about like you just keep peeling back a layer and you dip that yeah and it just keeps coming back and coming. There's just more, um, and and we'll let's get to that one in a minute. All right, let's but let's backtrack for a second because really I want to get this in here just a second. We do have an answer for the trivia question. Miss Gail Harrington got it correct, and Yay. that is um, what King's name by interpretation means: King of Righteousness, Melchizedek, Hebrews seven one through two. Um, so Mel or Melchizedek or Melchizedek. I call him Melchizedek. I don't know. I think it's Melchizedek. Uh, I think mm-hmm. so too. Um, it looks like Melchizedek or whatever it is, <laughs> but I think it's Melchizedek. All right. Uh, but congratulations, Miss Gail. We love you so much. Hopefully you're getting back to full health at this point. Uh, and so we're praying for you and, uh, love you very we much. Love you. And so mm-hmm. now originally we're in John chapter 10 and we started talking about unconditional security. We started talking about, um, what it is to be, you know, is is once in grace, always in grace. Is this all that, of course, turns in ties into those that were doing all these works. But then he said, depart from me. I never knew you, which, in my opinion, I think in Matthew seven, when he says, I never knew you is a hint. They were never actually born again. Like I never actually knew you like you were working. You were doing this, but I actually never knew you. And I think if you're going to talk about this whole issue of salvation and the gospel, I think it's really important to note that these people were not held condemned by what they were doing or weren't doing. They were held condemned that they didn't know him. Mm -hmm. That was the big issue. That was the deal. And I I think that's part of the scripture we don't always talk about. Um, Let's see here. Um, I'll get to uh, Greg sent some a word. I'll, I'll say that here in a minute. Let's just keep going with this. Well, actually, no, this fits. Um, Ephesians 1.13, In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Mm-hmm. I'm not once in grace either, but I believe no man can pluck you from his hand, and he that began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Greater is he in me than he that is in the world. This is what I want to say, and, and I'm dominating, so y'all need to just jump in and yeah. tell me to shut up. You know me. I'm, I'll keep going until somebody interrupts me. Um, here's what I don't want to keep doing is perpetuating this idea that Jesus originally saves us, but then it's up to us to keep us. That's never the yeah, gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The gospel's good. Jesus is from the beginning to the end in this whole story. And what I don't want to do is give this ideology that he gives the down payment and then we're expected to keep up the installments. That's nowhere. What's good about that? That's like me give it. All right. So my car, my truck's got, um, I've, I've got about half of it paid off. Okay. We'll just say it like that. Well, if I got half of it paid off and then give it to Jacob to take over the payments, is that really a gift? True. It's not. That's just a, that's just an exchange. 
And we can't make the gospel start with Jesus, but end with us. Yeah. I think the biggest problem, and we talked about this on break, but this will get some people going because I've struggled with this myself. But the more I read into it, the more I see where the, how this passage of Matthew 7, 21 um, talks about the believer. Or no, sorry. Don't want to say believer because I don't believe these are believers now uh, that I've seen this. But it talks about them. Didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do these uh these you know these signs and wonders in your name and they never knew him so mm-hmm. the question was how can an unbeliever do these things and i think that's pondered in my mind for for a while which i'm not trusting in the person but we know it's from the father it's his name it's the power to cast out devils so i'm sitting here thinking okay how and i think it's a question that a lot of people have is how does an unbeliever do these things you know how do how, how do they have um even know him but like i go back to i was i was just thinking about this you know the enemy has certain amounts of power mm-hmm. and i've seen you go back to moses's day and how they had the what are the magicians and they could turn their stuff into snakes they could do miracles in front of people mm-hmm. you know like Oh wow! Look at them. They're they got snakes. They turned into snakes. Which Moses had his staff. Basically, you know, it turned into a bigger snake and ate the other one. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think the question is with a lot of people: is how are they performing? And I mean, we know it's in His name, but I think there's is there is there a fake? What's the word I'm looking for? Is they're like like these magicians who showed a fake thing? They were doing it real. But it wasn't from God. Well, so. I want to say this, and I don't want to interrupt. But yeah, yeah. I don't think there. I don't know if there's a fake when it comes to casting out devils, mm-hmm. because okay. Jesus dealt with this a lot. Like, um, you know, he said, "Can you cast out devils by Beelzebub? A kingdom divided yeah. against itself cannot stand." Mm-hmm. And so, I, I don't know. Like, I would be cautious of that. I yeah. think there's going to be fake miracles, and I think there will be yeah. false signs and illusion yeah. and deception mm-hmm. and mirages or whatever you want to say. But when you come to casting out devils, I don't really, mm. I don't know. I think that's a different ground just because how much Jesus dealt with this issue. So I, you think in these people literally in Matthew 7? Yes, um, I believe they really was casting, casting out devils. Out, okay. I believe that they believed in the Lord and that they believe in the power of Jesus. I, But I believe that they just don't actually pursue a relationship with mm. him. Yeah. Like they understand the Lord, they they know the truth, they know the the power of the Lord, but they're not letting the Lord chip away at their heart. They never basically where I'm saying is they never accepted him as Lord and Savior of their life. He was never the centerpiece. Mm-hmm. He was never the one that it's kinda like a fan or a follower. They were a fan of Jesus and they yeah. wanted part of who he was. They wanted the miracle size, they wanted to see the things that he could do and they had access to this through his name but they never had his heart they mm-hmm. never accepted yeah. him there was never the exchange so i see that and that's that to me is profound because how many people are doing this today mm-hmm. that really don't know him and yeah. that's the scary part about the whole thing yeah you know are you doing things for jesus but you've never pursued the relationship with mm-hmm. the father that's a scary thing. It is scary. It's a lot of people that are there, I mm-hmm. believe. Cause, I because, I mean, 
um, I was just, you know, reminded of you're either hot or cold. And he's going to spit you out if you go. That's true. Yeah. yeah, It's kind of like they have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. So it's kind of like the Sadducees and Pharisees. They knew all about the law. They knew all up and down of what um, the Torah and the Tanakh or whatever we want to call it. You know, I know they're I'm not for sure on all that, but they they followed after the law and they were like the people that everybody went to in the synagogue and the. They didn't even recognize Jesus. They didn't even know who he was. They thought he was this bad man, you know, and like they knew he did things that wasn't according to what they thought was supposed to be. You know, he was eating on the Sabbath day and they thought, well, you're picking corn and eating it. And and so it's like, I think that's where I feel like you're either a Sadducee or a Pharisee or you're a follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. When it comes to that, when we're, what we're talking about, you're following, you're going after all the attributes of what Jesus was and and what he did, but you mm-hmm. never went after his heart. You never knew who he was. And I, I think that's where, I, when I, we researched David, David was after his heart. And David probably did so many bad things more than anybody else. I mean, he did a lot of bad stuff. But today, I feel like we are seeing it in between because, like, in today's time, I would see a Pharisee or Sadducee as someone who goes to church regularly, does all the th- yeah. the works, mm-hmm. and then a follower of Jesus, you know, would be the faithful ones who, you know, do things but also have a relationship. But today, we're seeing this group of people that they live however they want to, but they still acknowledge Jesus' name. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I mean, they're you- living just like the rest of the world but the only difference is they're just saying that they're christian but then you could take it a step further there might be some that are living the life at home they have like good works all at home i mean they're they never said a cuss word they never did anything bad they never Mm -hmm. done anything said anything they they follow all these rules and regulations they go to church they give their tithe check they go home they have these rules and standards and they go home, and everything, and everything's good. They got children they raised up that are great. They got you know children who are successful in life, and they may not be living like what we think the what we label as living like the world, but they have all these rules that they follow. And I've seen it. I've been around people. You know, they were great people, but they did not know Jesus. Mm-hmm. They went to church, and they talked. You know, like they did. It's like they paid their dues. Kind of, I guess, what you were saying. Yeah. To me, that's more like the Pharisees and Sadducees. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so that's where I feel like maybe this is where we're getting into that this was people who didn't, did, they went after his heart. They wasn't mm-hmm. after the exchange. That And, and I, that, that to me, like, how many people have been told they're saved by a preacher? Because I'm, I'm not that fan of that. You know, I, that, that's my own personal opinion. I never tell a believer they're saved. I said, I'll give you scripture that tells you how to be saved and what the Lord shows. But if it's not present in your heart and that you don't have that um, witness, then I'm not shouldn't be the one liable telling somebody you're saved. Because I feel like if I if I do that, then I'm trying to speak something over them if it's not truly there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I believe that we'll be known for the fruits that we have for each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I so. do believe there's a gen- like I grew up with the fear of not being saved. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that there are a lot of kids in the church who grow up with that. Like, am I like the enemy will attack kids that grow up in the church yeah. and make them 
like wonder whether they're saved or not, even when they are. So I do believe there is a time when you are seeing the fruits of someone's salvation to give them encouragement and like say, well, I see this from, and like explain what the Bible says to, you know, help them not have a fear yeah. of that. But when it comes to like saying, well, you're saved, like I'm the one that's going to tell you that you're saved. That's where it's kind of like, yeah. it's between you and the Lord. You know, I know there's times where people, you know, you go through a dry season. But if you've been your whole life without being in your prayer closet or reading your Bible, I'm probably going to question a little bit about are you truly saved? Because if you love somebody, you're going after them. Mm -hmm. If you truly love him, you're going to seek him. You're going to want to be with him. And so that's where I think it's making more sense in my head, I guess. Because so, for so long I struggled with Matthew seven twenty one, and and and, the, and then I seen you know I've read John ten a hundred times and I just seen it today actually like okay wait this could be you know you can't pluck them you know I mean I don't there can't be a contradictory that he's saying that we can't be plucked out so I think you know that's where a lot of people struggle it's like that's the whole battle of Calvinism Arminianism whatever we want to label it as. Once in grace, always in grace, or whatever. But I'm, I side more, and I, this is hard for coming from me, but I do side more with the Calvinism side. I'm not a once in grace, always in grace, but I believe that it takes a lot to what we want to say, blaspheme the Holy Spirit. I think it's not one single act. I don't think it's something you just decide you're going to do one day. I think it's a continual rejection of Christ. And then I believe that you do will come to a, a point where, I mean, it's that, that to me, but I think it's, a, there's, it's like Aaron said, it's rare. I don't think it happens um, often. Well, let me say this. Um, I have some, <clears throat> I've been having some texts coming in. Um, <laughs> I figured that. Brother Greg says that they sought his hand and not his heart, which is what you were talking about a second ago. Um, Pastor Nguyen Kid said he, um, they were born again. We see very clearly the results of the unsaved attempting to cast out devils and the sons of Sceva. Let me tell you my theory on this, okay. the sons of Sceva. All right, if you go to Acts chapter 19, they're a vagabond group of Jews, right? They're exorcists. That's what the sons of Sceva actually were. They were basically professional exorcists. They were going around, and that was kind of their whole deal. They, it was like their job. It was what they did, just, just going around trying to drive out devils and all this stuff. But they're vagabond Jews. Like, they're... They're not people pursuing the Lord at all, all right? Yeah. They're actually just, and they basically go up and say, in the name of Jesus, which Paul preacheth. So they're not even actually necessarily using the name of Jesus per se. They're just doing what Paul did. Yeah. Like, they have no idea who Jesus is. I'm going to fall back to Matthew 7. I don't think they're born again because it, Jesus said, I never knew you. Like, I never knew you. you didn't, I knew you, and then you fell away. It's, I never knew you. Mm. But I think there's a distinctive difference because in Matthew 7, I think we see people who have a good intent. I think they're really thinking they are doing everything for the Lord. And they kind of are, but it's like what Jamie was talking about earlier is that they they knew the Lord. Like they didn't know the Lord like Jesus talking about, but they, they knew of him. Yes. They heard about him. They mm -hmm. may even believe that, yeah, Jesus is, yeah, that's probably, yeah, I've seen him do miracles. It's pretty crazy. But they actually never knew him mm -hmm. in a relationship. They mm -hmm. never knew the power of his resurrection. They did not understand. Well, of course, not yet because he hadn't resurrected. But they didn't know him. And 
And I think that's significant in the sense that <clears throat> I think there's a lot of people that go to church every single Sunday that are doing things for the Lord, um, that are serving, quote, unquote, the Lord, doing what the church is supposed to be doing, but it's going to be looked at and say, I never knew you. I think there's going to be people who probably spoke on prophetic words that were mm -hmm. accurate, that probably is not going to be in heaven. I think there's going to be people that prayed over people and somebody got healed, but they're not going to be in heaven. Why? Because it's not what we do or don't do. It's who we know. And that has yeah. to be knowing Jesus and the power of his resurrection. And I think for me, the sons of Sceva, they wasn't even doing it for Jesus. Like they didn't even have a good tent to me. I think they were just these exorcists and saying, well, I, Paul did it. Maybe if Paul did it, I can do it. And they try to abuse it. I actually don't think the people in Matthew 7 is trying to abuse it. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. And um, and this is kind of where I've hung my hat several times now. Every time I've, I mean, this is no exaggeration. This is at least the fourth or fifth time in the last year <laughs> I've tackled this this one scripture in Matthew 7. And the reason I think we tackle it so much is it's a scripture that does intimidate us. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I think it's, uh, I think it gives us a, uh, it's never a bad thing to, you know, work some things out, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I don't think that means you better, you better earn it. I think it's making sure that you know, that you know, you're good. And um, there's, mm. there's nothing worse than somebody who has been, quote unquote saved for 50 years and still says well, I hope I get to heaven Yeah, there's no assurance there's insurance. no faith there's no rest mm -hmm. there's no peace there's nothing it's always this and that's what that religious system wants you to do it always wants you to strive to be better to mm -hmm. do more to do this and never find that rest it's really the Hebrews 11 yeah. people people who had great faith but never entered the rest mm -hmm. so I guess the argument uh, like we just talked about a lot of people some people believe that they were saved. Is that part part of it, like in Matthew seven? I th I think so. I mean, I mean I, that's the that's the debate. I guess. I think, I think there will be people who are for, who believe they were, but they trust in the wrong thing. And I think this is where. Now I'm going to go a step farther, and um, people's not going to like this, <laughs> but I think this is where false teachers and people are really going to start being held accountable. That's true. Mm -hmm. And I think that people's preaching any other thing than the other other than the gospel, let them be accursed. That's what the scripture yeah. says. Even if it's an angel, let them be accursed. Mm. And I think that the Lord is going to start shutting the mouths of people who is preaching a false word. That's mm. just my, that's my opinion. That's, that's not that a box two radio. That's Aaron Wilson. Um, the Wayne kid said, unsaved people can clearly do church things, but can they cast out devils? Okay. So, that's my question. <clears throat> And and here's what I want to here's what I want to do. We we really need to establish more context. Like, um, this was of course, and I only I'm I'm running up I'm out of time. We're gonna have to come back to this. <laughs> All right, this is my hard break. We're gonna have to come back to this. Um, we're gonna take a break after this. Let me see here. We have another trivia. Yeah, we do have another trivia. Um, Wednesday question number two, sponsored by Higdon Surveying. What king's acts are said to be recorded in the book of Jehu, the son of Ananiah? Um, what king's acts are said to be recorded in the book of Jehu, the son of Ananiah? 270-257-2689. Um, we'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.
Well, we are back here on this beautiful May 31st, 2023. I am so thankful that Jacob brought this scripture up. Um, I was, I was hoping for an easy, relaxing day. Um, and so, but it's, it's been good. Uh, we're still on it. I, I think I've got it figured out. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to borrow Wit's time machine from my adventures in Odyssey. There we go. We're going to go back and we're going to ask some people about this, this part. Um, but it is, it's, it's challenging. Like, Here's what I want to say on this. I don't think that necessarily I have it all figured out on this. Yeah. I think it's a very difficult text. I think yeah. it's a very scary text, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm just going to go lie. I'm, I'm sitting here very honest about that. I think it's a, I think for me, in all of Scripture, it's probably the most intimidating text to me. Mm-hmm. Not, to, not, not just to study, but to live by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because we're giving our lives to this, and it's like, I actually think these people probably were under the persuasion, too, that they were kind of like, I'm giving it my all, you know? And yeah. that, internally, I think deep down they probably knew they weren't. Um, one listener said, I did this for a while. I did think I was saved. I did what I knew I was supposed to do. I know who Jesus was, but he wasn't the king of my life. I tried to do it all by myself and failed every time. Then I called him to help, and he was right there ready to scoop me up and save me from myself. I now truly know his love and forgiveness what a difference he's made in my life, just like the song. Um, another listener said that they had no true faith. It was dead faith. Mm. Um, and then, of course, the question that we're going to keep tackling, Pastor Delaney Kid said, unsaved people can clearly do church things, but can they cast out devils? And so um, that's the question. You all have a great morning. Um, <laughs> I am going to go to Hardy's and get a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich, and I will listen to you all on my way there. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm growing today anyway, myself. Just mm-hmm. I'm seeing things that I've not seen literally before. And that's what happens when you're iron sharpening iron. Yeah. You know, when you're around people, people, you know, you we're, we're not, we're a big puzzle piece. And, I believe God's trying to put the puzzle pieces together. And for us yeah, to sit the there and say we got it all figured out is, is an understatement mm-hmm. um, because we don't. We need each other. And we I do. think gleaning off each other is a good thing. And, you know, uh, like I said, you know, I think it's something that is very heart-wrenching because you're you're looking at this. And even I guess the Armenians could use this in the sense because they're trying to work so hard to prove their self to – get to heaven mm-hmm. because it scares them. You know, the scripture scares them like, Hey, we did these things, but we didn't make it, you know? And I think that's where I feel like it can be misconstrued so many different ways mm-hmm. and different how you believe. But, um, I think I'm coming into a, f- a realness of what I see because my question was too, how does an unbeliever cast out a devil? But it's almost like the same sense that Jesus' name has the power more than anything. It's by him, not the person. It's his name only. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know you brought up a good point too, Aaron, because at that time Jesus hadn't even, you know, given them any authority at, the, at, at in, a, in a sense of him going to heaven and releasing the Holy Spirit upon him like like he did when he gave him the comforter. But so I mean I'm still my mind is still circling things and I'm trying to learn this, but um I do believe that this is a very good dialogue and discussion on this. I mean I know it's 
and it shouldn't be no falling out or people get mad at each other. I think it's just we just want to understand this text. Mm-hmm. Honestly, more than anything, it should make us want to pray for one another. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's a difficult. I mean, if we have love in our heart for each other, then we wouldn't want any of us to end up in this spot. It's true. Um, and also, I don't. I just think we have to focus on the part where it's saying, you know, ye that work iniquity. So it's like a continual state of iniquity. So like of sin. Uh, And so like when you are in relationship with Jesus, you can't be living in a continuous state of sin. It's Mm -hmm. just not possible. Mm -hmm. It's just literally not possible. I mean, you can have a struggle, but every time you fall, he's going to be there to pick you up and there's going to be a fight in you to continuously be fighting it and getting up and running towards him. Mm -hmm. But living and working in sin that that is different that is not you're fighting the sin that's you're working you're literally working in sin mm-hmm. um and i do think here we see and something that is comforting about this i guess is the fact that you know it's saying all these works like it, it's listing all these works but really the the most the thing that matters the most like aaron said is that we know him true I mean, because he mentions all these works. Many will say this. Uh, not everyone that just says, Lord, Lord, will enter. And it's saying here, I mean, that's their words. Because even if they were casting out the devils, that would be their words. True. They're verbal, what they're speaking. And that's why we have to test what people say. Because yeah. not all the, t- the, out of the abundance of the heart, um, what is that scripture? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes. So even though they might be saying something that sounds right, the, their life is going to bear the fruit. True, mm-hmm. but my thing too, and I keep going back to this: Jesus never did tell them. I, I know, Aaron, you were talking that you think they did, but Jesus never did tell them when they asked him, "Lord, Lord, have we not done this? Have we not done this?" And he's basically telling them, uh, "I never knew you." So that's the thing that matters. They never the answered. Yeah, they didn't know him. Like maybe they're caught in the facade that they were doing so many miracles in jesus name and they were thinking that they were part you know you, you can be partakers you know and, and i could be around a bunch of believers who have the authority or being around a bunch of believers who can do it and, and not know him you know and, so, and they could hide you know in the middle of it because they're thinking hey i work with so-and-so and i mean just like that one fella that um people followed uh what was his name Jim Jones is it Jim Jones who faked all the miracles and stuff? Yeah. So I mean, I mean, didn't you say Aaron one time that he didn't he follow? He was after some guy who, or he was. By, well, I, mean, I don't say the healing evangelist that he traveled with because I don't. The guy did kick him out like once he figured out what he was, but yeah. I don't want to give the guy a bad rep because yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. think he did what he's supposed to once he had yeah. a sermon found out. But Jim did some pretty rough things. He would bring animal organs and rip them off of people and. It was all a sleight of eye. Um, Now, there's a scripture I want to talk about. Okay. All right. So it's going to kind of give context what we're doing here. Uh, Does anybody have the King James in there? I'm going to read from the ESV. I do. And and, um, let's. I've I've got a couple of questions from Pastor Dwayne, and I'll come to those here in a minute. And then also Greg Carwell sent a couple in too. So, but I want to I want to look at this scripture in Mark chapter nine verse thirty eight through 41 Uh, because Jesus is talking with disciples and 
John explicitly came to him and said, John said to him, I'm going to read from the ESV, and I want somebody to read from the King James so nobody thinks I'm just making stuff up. Um, <laughs> Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. So these people are like, they're casting out demons in your name, but we actually tried to stop them because we really didn't know them. Like, mm. we didn't know who they were. We didn't know this. But Jesus said to him, do not stop him, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able to soon afterwards speak evil of me. Mm. For the one who is not against us is for us. For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. All right. This is not, in my opinion, talking about salvation. Like, just because mm. he gives you a drink of water, you're going to be saved. Yeah. It's saying he's going to be blessed. All right. And Jesus is basically telling his disciples, don't play the don't play the card of you're trying to figure out are they saved, are they not saved, are they worthy to cast out a demon or not worthy. He said, if they're not for us, I mean, if they're not against us, leave them alone. True. Like, and see, the sons of Sceva were not for them. They yeah. were actually doing it in a mocking way. They were like, in the name of Jesus that Paul preached. Like, yeah. we just want to be exorcists. They weren't doing it for his name. These people in Matthew 7, I do believe, were doing it for his name. I just don't think they ever knew him. And Jesus basically tells them, leave them alone. If they're not against us, then they're for us. But he actually never says they're saved, they're great, they're wonderful. He's just saying, hey, if they give you a drink of water, let them give you the drink of water because they're going to have their reward, Lord. and that reward is blessing. Yeah. And but So it's kind of like, I mean, I'm not trying to change no, you're subject, fine. but the principle of the whole matter, just like the giving principle. I've, I've heard people say this, and I'm trying not to, I don't know if I get in trouble for saying the person's name. Because she's a big time, uh, but Oprah Winfrey, okay, she gave a lot of stuff away. I don't know her. Oh, stop! <laughs> but she gave. I've heard somebody say this. They she had a principle of giving, and she gave a lot, but she also had it given back to her basically mm-hmm. because of her intense giving. It, it and so the principle of it. If you're practicing the principles of God. You still get the reward, but that does not mean that you're doing it, you know, mm-hmm. as, in the relationship with the Father. Yeah. Oh, okay. God, I mean, I just want to throw that in there. All right. Um, Greg Carwile says, didn't I cast out demons in your name? He said, turn from me, you workers of iniquities. I never knew you, which Hannah talked about earlier. Turn from me. Stop sinning. Stop living in yeah. that sin. Um, Dwayne Kidd said, uh, let's see. Can Satan cast out Satan? One that is not born again, the father is Satan. Unbeliever has no authority to use the name of Jesus. Once again, if it was the name only, then the sons of Sceva would have been successful. But see, I don't think they were. All right, let's just move to Acts chapter 19. All right. Um, Okay, while you're doing that, Miss Mary said, that's why I pray for strong discernment so I will know um, who, who to listen to and who not to listen to, even then we can be deceived. We have to be in continuous relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. <coughs> All right. So sons of Sceva started in 11 of verse nine, chapter 19. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs of or aprons that have t- touched his skins were carried away to the sick and their disease left them and the evil spirits came out of them. So that's basically where we get prayer clause from. This is our verse for it. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists. These are basically people who are at this point traveling. uh, They're like traveling exorcists for the Jewish faith. That's what they basically are. 
undertook to un- invoke the name of Lord Jesus over all those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you the name of Jesus whom Paul, Paul proclaimed. Seven sons of Jewish priests named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirits answered him, Jesus I know and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom this evil spirit leapt on them, mastering all, mastered all of them and overpowered them. Hmm. All right, well, let's, let's back up. They wanted to adjure you by the name of Jesus whom Paul preached. So at this point, I think they're looking at this and say, hey, okay, Paul did this, Paul did that, Paul did this. It's all about Paul. Like, they're focusing on Paul. They're just wanting to get the job done. They are really not doing it in Jesus' name. They're just trying to invoke the name, but they're actually not doing it for Jesus. They're doing it almost more for Paul. Because it's all about Paul. The Paul proclaimed, Paul this, Paul this. They saw Paul doing it. They wanted to do what Paul did. And they and and then the you know, the devils answer back, Jesus I know, Paul I recognize, but mm-hmm. I have no idea who you are. Because they were trying to do it within themselves. And at the mm-hmm. end of the day, they were really trying to do it on themselves. If you go back to Matthew seven, I see them doing it in the name for the name. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they're not really doing it for themselves. They're it doesn't look like to me at least. I think there's other things in their lives going on, but I think they're actually doing what they believe God's called them to do. Yeah. But they don't know him. Um, the sons of Sceva, I don't think, I don't think that they're actually um, believers doing this, huh. anything for the name of Jesus. I think yeah. they're doing it all for themselves because this was their job and they were just trying to get their job yeah. done. But that's just my opinion. I don't have all this figured out and I could be really wrong. Like I'm, I'm always transparent and say I'm I'm not the smartest cookie in the jar. So, and I'm just trying to decipher through the whole scripture. And Matthew 7 to me is just, if he never, if he said, hey, um, you know, you workers of iniquity, depart from me. I used to know you, but I don't know you now because you lost your way. Like, that's different. But he just said, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, the question can never be, were they born again or not? The question would be, the only question that for me that could arise was, did they really drive out demons or was it a false thing? Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. Like to me, you just, I don't know how you get that they were saved if they never actually knew him. That's just me trying to figure out the context and the whole scripture. So, I mean, like where it says that, that the spirit leaped out of onto them mm-hmm. and mastered them. Mm-hmm. If they were born again, it wouldn't have mastered them. Well, I think that if if they were born again, they, and that's that to me is I don't know that's just confirmation for me because yeah. that they it would not been able to overpower them if they were truly saved. Yeah, but also I think if they were born again, they're never doing. I'm never going to rebuke a demon. And say in the name of Jesus that Jacob preaches, get out. Yes, that's true. I'm not focused on Jacob. Yeah. I'm not even focused on me. Um, Jesus cast you out. Like you know, it's it's never. Aaron has no ability to do anything. Like at the end of the day, we've always got to remember this. I can, Jesus himself said, I can do nothing. I don't see my father do or my father doesn't tell me to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I do everything he tells me to do. I do everything by his power. That's Jesus saying this. And if Jesus said this, how much more should we say this? It's never about I, it's always about him. Mm-hmm. That's just me. That's just me. I mean, I understand you no, all. That's the word. You yeah. all know me. You know I preach holiness. I preach yeah. holiness hard. Actually, people get sick of me preaching holiness, probably because that's all I. I mean, ninety percent of my message is about holiness. True. But I'm never wanting to be holy, so I'm good enough to accomplish something. 
Yeah. I want to be holy because my father's holy. Yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I want. And I want to be a vessel that's usable. Mm. And and so that's just me. I'm not trying to be good enough. Like I'm not I'm not trying to earn it. And I think that religious system teaches us you pray enough, God's going to owe you something. Yeah. You fast long enough, God owes you something. You do this. You read your yeah. Bible, God owes you something. And we try to religiously work ourselves into revival. Yeah. Revival doesn't mm-hmm. come from our work ethic. Revival comes from us humbling ourselves, getting yes. ourselves out of the way, mm-hmm. praying and seeking his face, getting our heart in tune with his, not letting sin have a grip on us because our focus is on him. Then he will hear from heaven. And, mm-hmm. and I do believe that because uh, with religion, I feel like for so long we've been taught wrong. And I'm and I've 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 been victim of that myself. I mean, the more I read text, the more I see things differently than what I was taught. You know, and and you know, I've been I've been I rededicated my life when I was seventeen years old. But I still was in religion. You know, and and then, you know, I met Kirsty and it actually opened my eyes to a lot of stuff because they had really been they they were coming out you know they were already out of religion they were you know, going after god but i had a lot of mess still hanging over me and and it was all about works mm-hmm. and i remember and i love my old church don't get me wrong it's a little old church country church but now i see things so differently because it was all about emotion it was all about you know if you if you're not crying then you're not really something's wrong with you you know and, and, I, and if you're not running the pews you're not filled with the spirit you know it was just like if you're not jumping over the pulpit or i mean i've only walked on pews one time and probably <laughs> never do it again <laughs> and, 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 i mean but it was just all emotionalism and 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 there was no foundation those there, there, i mean they made a way where i do believe i i i, tr- I was convicted that night because he did preach a good message and and I, I went up and I rededicated my life and I remember that day I, I it was it was amazing because you know Jesus can use a religious message to get across to people yeah I mean we can look at uh, it's just I think the understanding sometimes is not always there and um, I think that I mean is it Nicodemus that he was uh yeah, Nicodemus, he was questioning things like, hey, you know, this Jesus, I want, I'm going to secretly go talk to him because mm-hmm. I want to know about this. You know, I've been taught all this stuff all these years, but I want to know about what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he still didn't understand. How does a how does a man crawl back up in his mama's womb? I, I'm paraphrasing, but how does he go back in his mama's womb and be born? Out, you know, and he just didn't understand. And I think that's where... Our lack of understanding of the context of the scriptures is why I think somehow the church is in such a mess. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've been taught over the years, and I, I'm always like, I want to learn. If I know something, that's, if I'm taught wrong or I know something wrong, I want to be taught right. I want to know truth. I don't want to know some um, religious sayings or religious doctrine. I want to know it's in my heart and that mm-hmm. it's settled. And and I think that to me is how we grow, how we mm-hmm. move forward, how yeah. we how we become closer to the Father. And I think if you need to be praying, if 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 you're if you're not wanting truth all the time, even to the person that may know the scriptures from front to back, 
there's always something new to learn mm -hmm. and have a teachable spirit that the Holy Spirit can teach and, and, and not be tossed around by every wind of doctrine, but you're mm -hmm. after truth. And I think that to me is a something that's been so far in my life. I always had a hunger for what is true. And, and, and I want, you know, I will change even if I don't like it. Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's the hardest part for believers is, I don't know, I've been taught that for so long, I can't change. I can't change my theology on that because I know I've been taught this my whole life. And I don't, and then, but when revelation comes and impartation comes, and you're like, oh, now I see it differently. And, and I think that sometimes religion blinds us just like the Sadducees and Pharisees, where you can't even recognize who he was when he walked the earth. They didn't even know who he was when they seen him right in front of their face. Yeah. So how could you, as people now, we don't see him in his form now, you know, I mean, unless you're one of those people who have had that encounter, that's awesome. I've not had it before. I have not had one yet of that encounter yet, but, you know, um, we, Moses, I always think Moses, he was a blessed man. He got to see mm -hmm. the hindquarters of, of, of God and, and, yeah. you know, he couldn't show him his face cause it would have killed him. Mm. Uh, but, um. I mean, he come off that mountain glowing, and I believe that's uh, partly why he wrapped himself up because he didn't want yeah. mm -hmm. to hurt people or to even people worship him. So. Yeah. All right, so we had one listener. Um, this is a great question. Um, well, actually, let me read Adam's, then I'm going to read uh, Vernon's question. You can, do, you can do anything with good intent, and God will use you. That is different than having a relationship where our desire is to see Jesus in self and others. I think that we can do anything with a God intent and yeah. he possibly can use it. Like, um, I think our definition of good is sometimes distorted, distorted at times. So I think we have to make sure that we're very, um, cognitive and complete and whole with our definition of good. But I do love Vernon's question and I may, we'll read it, maybe take a break and then come back and answer it. The word new in the verse you all are talking about is the same Greek word used in the verse. Joseph didn't know Mary until after Jesus was born. My question is, is there a difference between being born again, yet not baptized with the Holy Ghost, which is the most intimate thing I have ever experienced with Jesus? Let me say this. It is the same Greek word, no, new. All right. But that knowing is basically to becoming one. And what that means is the, the relationship is no longer separate. Jesus prayed for us to become one with him. How do we become one? Being born again. So we literally become one with him. Like we are in that relationship. We know him. Um, there's been that connection. There's been that unison. Um, and I think that what these people lacked was actually that relationship, what Jamie said earlier, is that they actually didn't know him. Mm -hmm. Like they knew of him. They had an ideology about him. They had, a, they may even had a slight understanding of him, but they didn't know him. There was never a time where two become one. And that's what Jesus prayed for us in John chapter 17 is that we would become one with him. And the reason I would be hesitant to myself to say that these people are born again, but don't have the Holy ghost is then we're making being baptized in the Holy ghost. Um, a necessity to our salvation. And I think we have to be cautious on that because I think it's, see me, I believe that we are, we have the Holy ghost at born again. The moment we're born again, the Holy ghost comes and lives in me. The baptism of the Holy spirit that we find like in Acts chapter two is the empowerment. That's where they were empowered. They knew him before then. They, that was just the empowerment to do what they were called to do. Because as soon as they had that baptism of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2, what happened? Peter goes, preaches in, in two sermons, 
eight, 9,000 people get saved. Wow. I mean, like, yeah. that's the empowerment. And so I, don't, I would be cautious to say that these people are born again but don't have the Holy Ghost yet. Because, for one, I think the Holy Ghost is a necessity to regeneration. You cannot be born again if the Holy Ghost doesn't live in you. You just can't do it. Because he'll give you what? New heart and a new spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody got anything you want to say before we take a break? Or you want to finish it up afterwards? Finish it up afterwards. Because <laughs> I want to read from the message. I know we don't, you know, it's just more, per, you know, just talking. It's pretty interesting. Pray for Jacob, you all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All righty, we are back on this beautiful day here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that <laughs> anything is possible because we serve a God who will take the impossible and make it possible every Amen. single time. What a great discussion we've had this morning. Um, I really had something else in store for this morning, but, you know, it is it is what it is at this point. It is Wednesdays with Jacob. Uh, it is Wednesday with Jacob, and I say every Wednesday, Jacob, every one of them, you get me in trouble. Um, and so, but I was actually wanting to revisit the Mount of Transfiguration and talk about what it is whenever it says when they were fully awake, when they were fully awake, but we'll just do that tomorrow or the next day. We don't know. Um, since Jacob got us into this. All right. Uh, let me read some messages is second Thessalonians two, nine through 11 working on people today. Um, can somebody look that up while I read another one? Second Thessalonians two nine through eleven. Two nine through eleven. Uh, Jake Vernon uh, says, "Good point." Like Jacob, I have often struggled with that verse, but I finally come to a conclusion that I would never hear those words being spoken to me by Jesus because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He can never say to me, "I would be up for correction." Though um, he would never say that to me, I would be up for correction. I'm basically saying he can correct me all he wants. But here's the beautiful thing. The gospel, Jesus is about assurance. Like, um, you know, scriptures like that, when I say it's intimidating, it's not because I'm trying to figure out if I'm saved or not. It's just always humbling to remember these kind of things and always check yourself and always just make sure that you're on the right, you know, thinking, right process, right understanding, right gospel. Um, Because there's other gospels going out there and we need the truth. We need the real gospel. We need Jesus and all of his beauty. And so... I think the gospel should produce an assurance in us. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to go through life trying to wonder if I'm going to get to heaven. I can yeah. know because yeah. Jesus' blood Amen. is enough. Amen? Amen. Amen? All right, who's going to read it for us? I have no idea what it says, so I can't answer the question until... Second Thessalonians 2, two. 9 through 11. Uh-huh. All right, I got King James. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness and them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth Mm. that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Mm. All right. Um, I'm going to read from the ESV. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who do not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Well, I definitely think this is the Antichrist spirit. And I think without a hesitation, it's already being implemented. And there's already that strong delusion. There's already that mm-hmm. deception. 
And this is where I do believe that there's going to be false signs and wonders. And these false signs and wonders, when I say that, when I talked yesterday about them being a smoke screen or them being a facade or an illusion, some of them is going to be an illusion. Now, that does not mean I don't think they're real. Like, I think they're going to be real, yeah. but I think it's going to give an illusion that the Lord's doing it, but it's really great deception. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. so I think that there really will be healings that the Antichrist does. But I think it's all for deception's sake, yeah. not for actual edification. And, oh, and, yeah. And so, and I think there's going to be miracles. I mean, we saw, I, I think that he will have great power. I think yeah. he'll have control <clears throat> possibly over the weather. I think he'll have control over some other things. The, I think the Lord's going to grant him a lot of power. Isn't it, for deception. There, is there a resurrection somewhere in there where somebody comes from, from the dead? Well, you know, you have the two witnesses who come back to life. Yeah, I knew and that. then there's going to be the Antichrist that's shot too. Yeah, that's or, right. Yeah. Or somehow looks comes, like it. Yeah. Yes. And then when he comes back, that's when he's going to stand on the temple and declare himself who to be God. Who do you think the two witnesses is going to be? Oh, gosh. Oh. Don't even start with that. Oh, that's, <laughs> we ain't got enough time for today. Uh, Jake is like, we don't have time for this. All right. Traditionally speaking, it is Elijah and Enoch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what about Elijah for, and Moses? Before a season, I believed it was Elijah and Moses. Mm-hmm. I still believe that. I believe for me, it's not going to be any of those cats. Yeah. What about oh, a man and a woman? Okay. He thinks it's going to. You think it's going to be somebody? I think like John the Baptist came in the spirit, spirit of, of Elijah, Elijah. I think there's going to be two witnesses that will raise up. I can oh. see that. Who will be kind of in the spirit of who? The spirit of Elijah, spirit of Moses, because Moses had the plagues, Elijah had the fire, and that's going to be the two things that mark the witnesses. Mm. So I think it's going to be I think a person we, with their spirit, like, like a John, mantle. Well, I mean, John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elias or mm-hmm. Elijah, uh-huh. yeah. and I think my personal see that's opinion, kind of what I've thought. But yeah. here's here's my take, okay, on Moses. Mm. I know the the whole a lot of people disagreed with them. The Moses. Because I got myself in trouble to Enoch on this question one time, so I got to be careful. Well, I, I mean, Brother Ron believed in Elijah and Enoch because they said they never died. Mm-hmm. But were, I still yeah. believe that if they were translated, their bodies would, did not go to their their physical bodies. They were translated. But anyways, long somehow story short, they died. Yeah, it's a shadow of the rapture. Yeah, but Moses. Okay, the only reason I always argue because it talked about it, it, the plagues. It, yeah, it talks about it gives descriptions of these two witnesses and what they mm-hmm. did and kind of, yeah. but. I've always questioned why did Satan want the bones of Moses? Why did he want the bones? Do you want my theory? Yeah. My theory is that it would have caused idolatry in the camp and that yeah. if they would have got the, if Satan could have brought those bones back to the camp, he could have said he I had think bones. That, uh, because I think that it could produce an idolatry because Moses become very, pivotal to that part yeah. and they were looking to Moses in a great way and I think they had to hide Moses from there that's just my personal opinion. I just thought that you know I don't know maybe it's just my thought pattern I thought they were going to try to pervert the, because the, he was going to be one of those as the witnesses yeah well the three things that marked the two witnesses that like in an extraordinary way is the plagues yeah. the fire and the weather what? yeah those Moses Moses had the plagues Elijah had the fire and the and the weather he could control the he, well, did, well, he did control the weather really, and that's and that's that's kind of a, you know I believe I'm not even going to get into a lot of the controversies of today, but they are trying to manipulate weather, and it could possibly be from. Um, no, I mean they are. I mean I'm it, that's not a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I promise, <laughs> it's not. All right, they, you're, you're, and I believe that could be setting up where the Antichrist can do that. Uh, could be. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, here. I got some good questions. I got some good comments coming okay. in. Um, now, me and Greg's talked about this. Greg believes the two witnesses are the candlesticks and the olive, the olive tree or the two churches. 
Miss Gail says, I believe the two witnesses will be the Jewish and the Gentile believers. Um, I, I think that, I think these are all things I've heard. Um, and, I, and I'm not saying they're wrong or not. To me, though, when we talk about the two witnesses, there is going to be two bodies Actual laying people. in the street. Yes. It talks about the two bodies, yeah, laying yeah. in the streets. So. And it's going to be like two bodies in the street. It specifically mentions two Because they're celebrating that two they're people. dead, yeah. right? And they're dead for like three for, days. For three days, and they're celebrating. And then yeah. fire comes out of now, the mouth. That's going to be wild. Here's where you're, here's where like uh, like me and Greg, we, we love talking about eschatology, both of us. And we studied for like three and a half hours, four hours that one day in the office accidentally. We didn't even mean to. We just started diving into it. Here's where the difference is a little bit, though. You're going to either have to take it symbolically or literal. Yeah. Me, I have a principle when I study the word. This is just mine. I can't tell you it's perfect. I take everything literal except when it implies symbolic. So when John says it's like or it's as if it's that to me is grasping for symbolism because we don't have words to definitely say it. But if there's no hint at symbolism, Jesus even dealt with himself in the parables. He's saying it's like, or it's like this, or it's as if it's this. Those give me permission to interpret it symbolically at that point. Mm -hmm. But if it doesn't, I'm going to interpret liberal. And so like in the, in the judgments, it says it's like a mountain coming down from the sky. That means it's not going to be a mountain, but it's going to be huge. Mm -hmm. When it talks about the two witnesses, it says two bodies. It's not like two bodies. Mm. It's two bodies yeah. that's going to be in the street. Mm. So that's why I would almost side more of uh, Miss Gale says two bodies could be two groups of people, which is not a – these are not, like, bad statements, and yeah. they could be right. Like, yeah. my wife tells me all the time I'm wrong a lot. So I've learned <laughs> that Aaron's wrong a lot. Yeah. Um, but – I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to prove my point on this weather stuff. Oh my goodness! No, listen. No, listen. <laughs> All right, I'm listening. You talking I'm about listening. the Antichrist controlling the weather? Lyndon B. Johnson. <laughs> Lyndon Johnson said in 1962 that he who controls the weather will control the world. So there had to be some inclination of them trying to control, figuring out how to control the weather. That to me could possibly be what we're talking about setting up the Antichrist because he's going to control. Well, I mean, the spirit of the Antichrist has been here. Yeah, for a long time. For a long time. But a president that said this was pretty convinced that mm -hmm. he who controls the weather will control the world. Now, there mm -hmm. are people who believe that the spirit of the Antichrist is just the spirit of the Antichrist and that there won't be an actual person. Mm -hmm. I do not agree with that. No. Yeah. I mean, he has to be some yeah. physical person. I believe the enemy tries to copy and mimic everything the Lord does. And just like there's yeah. a holy trinity, there's an unholy trinity. And that would be mm -hmm. that would be Lucifer, Antichrist spirit, and the personification of the Antichrist spirit. Just like there's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. So um, I guess he tries to mimic it. And you could even we could even get more controversial questions, but was the Antichrist well, just get me into more trouble? Was he predestined to oh, be doomed? Well, that's all the time we got for here on Morning the Boxing We want to leave a little early to do a song for Emory Live. I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, if he's marked the Antichrist from the beginning of time, then he have no way to become a believer. Really. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, yeah. all right, it's well, yeah. Gosh, people's going to. I mean, you know me. I love to operate off of truth, so I, I don't try to. I don't speculate. I don't try to operate too much off opinion. I try to do contextualization. Mm -hmm. I am not thoroughly convinced the Antichrist spirit will even be. I mean, Antichrist will even be born, and this is why. I, I, I'm with the you. first rider on the white horse is the Antichrist. It's not Christ. It is the Antichrist 
in the seven boat in the seven in the seven seals. The first seal's broken. The first rider is a rider on a white horse that's going to start everything. Mm-hmm. He just comes. He like it's like coming. The Antichrist just comes at that point. Just like the Muslims believe that there's going to be a twelfth Ivmon. Yeah. What's the twelfth yeah. Ivmon going to be doing? Riding on a white, white horse, horse coming in. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I believe that very well this could be more of a supernatural being that's dropped into the earth that has no... It's possible. Because, because at the end of the day, the enemy loves to mimic and to try to corrupt whatever, and Jesus comes from the lineage of the Melchizedek. He's, he's, mm-hmm. from, he, he's a shadow. Melchizedek was a shadow. Has no beginning of days and end of days. Has no lineage. Has no parents. Has nothing. Jesus didn't come necessarily for from the lineage of man. Yeah. He came from the lineage of the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ma- Mary was the vessel that got earth, Jesus into the earth, but Jesus also had to be born, and he had to do all these things because of his atonement. But I think the Antichrist isn't coming here for that. Antichrist is coming for destruction. And the mm-hmm. Antichrist is the judgment of mm-hmm. God on the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of Revelation is not the Antichrist getting a foothold. All the revelation is actually the judgment of the Lord on the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so true. for me, I, I don't think the Antichrist necessarily has to be born. We never hear a scripture where he is born. That's true. That's just me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Satan does enter in his body, so he will indwell his body. So, and, um, But Satan also entered a lot of other people. I mean, I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying he will think yeah. that this Ananias is the body. Sapphira. He would think that this is the body that I can use. Yeah. To, well, that's the Antichrist spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they, the Antichrist spirit has been here. And yeah. Satan sure. filled Ananias and Sapphira's heart. That's Why true. has he Satan did. filled your heart That's true. and caused you to lie to the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Mm. We're getting in deep stuff. So. But um. back to the two witnesses. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you are saying that, okay, I mean, we obviously don't know. No one knows the day or the hour. But, I mean, we we see the, the signs are, are here. I mean, but, you mm-hmm. know, the world has been grown in, like. Like a, a woman in childbirth. Amen. But anyways, um, so that these two witnesses will be people that are here on the earth that God's going to raise up. I think it very well could likely. But also, I'm not going to completely say that it could not be the Gentile in the Jewish church either. Mm-hmm. Like I, right now, I'm more literal. Yeah. If you could say it could be symbolic. The laying in the road thing is what gets me it, with that. It's the same thing with me. I'm mm-hmm. with Hannah on this one. How did how did the Jews and Gentiles all lay in the road? road? That's yeah. where I'm getting. But I mean, I understand it. Sound. I mean, it very well. If that was a metaphor, I just don't see how the road thing could be a metaphor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the two witnesses are going to be killed somewhere around between the transition of the bows. I mean, the trumpets and the seals. Like, the, mm-hmm. it's transitioned from the seals to the trumpets. And they will celebrate that they're dead, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Greg Carr wants to discuss this in the morning. I love to, Greg. Um, and because, like, here's my thing is if if it's Gentile believers, I'm kind of like a mid-trip guy. I'm post-tri- post-trip pre-wrath. I don't think we're ever exempt from tribulation, but I think we are from the wrath. Um, mm-hmm. We are not subject into wrath. Yeah. And so I think the rapture, the catching away of the church, and that's going to be the Gentile church. It's going to be gone. It's going to be gone at the moment. Yeah. And see, some people have theorized that the Gentile church will lay in the street. And then we're going to kind of get out. I don't believe that's what the rapture I think the rapture is we're caught away. Yeah. So if it's the Gentile believers, then we're going to be there the whole tribulation at this point. Because yeah. the, the witnesses resurrect. Yeah. yeah. Like kind of in the middle of the street. Yeah, and they just kind of get up, and and so I don't know, like, but I, that, it wouldn't be the rapture to me, no. and so I would, I don't, I, I struggle with it being the the whole Gentile believers. 
I'm more along the lines that it's going to be two people. Mm-hmm. And don't necessarily, because I mean, like, if Moses and Elijah come in the street and started preaching the gospel, you know, it's going to be, I think that we've always made it like people of old, but we haven't yeah. understood what scriptures taught us over and over about coming in the spirit of Elijah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't, I, don't I mean, know. personally, my opinion on this whole thing is what, when all this starts coming to, to fruition, this is fun. It's, it's, it, I believe the turning of his eyes back on Israel. When so, the Gentile church is caught up. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so there has to be the reason on this that he's trying to awaken the Jewish people during this time. So, and that's why I believe it's physical. It's not metaphorical. Mm-hmm. I think there is a, the, that literal, you know, that these two are going to be preaching. And, and I mean, because you're going to have 144,000 who are going to be preaching. But there. the 144,000 ain't. They're not raised up until the Gentile church is out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because the, I believe the Gentile, the, the church, yeah. is the multitude that's going to be in heaven yeah. that comes out of the tribulation. Because yeah. they just appear. It's a great multitude from all tribes, all nations, yeah. all tongues. And so, they're going to be there. But my thing, like uh, with people who would believe farther, why would God raise up 144,000 of the Gentile churches here? Yeah. So there has to be a reason why he's raising up the 144,000 to preach the gospel. Because there's not people here. To preach the gospel. And that's what Romans teaches. When yeah. the fools of the Gentile churches come, Israel then will be saved because mm-hmm. they're yep. revoked into jealousy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But the, the 144,000 are 12,000 from each, each tribe. tribe. Yeah. But these are not raised up until after the Gentile church is raised exactly. up. Because then the Lord pauses everything and says, don't hurt the earth until yeah. I mark my 144,000. Yeah. They can't be killed. And they're protected. Yeah. And so whenever he says that, I believe that also these 144,000 could be being provoked after they've seen the two witnesses resurrect from the earth. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because it's like this this stimulating, like, game time. Yep, They're activated. time to go. A sign. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Indicator. Woo, baby. And so. Awesome. Um, I love it. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in talking more about this Gre- with Greg in the morning because we do have a different view of this. And, um, and, he's but he, more he, metaphorical. He's more, he, he, he sees more stuff more metaphorical, more symbolic. And, mm-hmm. um, and so we, we've had some really healthy dialogue, and, and um, he is no slack concerning this. Like, he's done his study, and he's done this. And so it's interesting. Yeah. Um, the only reason I'm a little bit he- I'm, I'm hesitant on the symbolic thing is because I don't want to do something that Scripture don't give me permission, but also mm-hmm. this is where we have come to with, like, everything in eighty seventy fulfills it. And mm-hmm. so, like, some people have Revelation already fulfilled in 8070, even though Revelation was written to the 90s, because there wasn't a... Pre- Revelation actually mentions a guy ruling. I think it's Titicus or something like this. I can't remember. I think it starts with a T off the top of my head. Sorry, we don't have all this in front mm-hmm. of us. We're working off memory. Is he's, he's in charge, but he's actually not ruling until the 90s. Yeah. So how can the book of Revelation be written in the 50s or the 60s whenever it mentions a guy ruling that's not ruling until the 90s? Mm. And so if everything was fulfilled in AD 70, Revelation is not a prophecy. Revelation is a confirmation. Mm. And that changes the whole dynamic. And then that would contradict Scripture when it says anybody who gives or take away from this book of prophecy, let him be accursed. True. And his name would be taken away from the book of life. And so it's not talking about confirmation. The book of Revelation is a prophecy. And if it wasn't, if it was... If it was written in the 90s, but everything's fulfilled in the 8070, and the only reason, only way you can make everything fulfilled in 8070 is if it's all symbolic. So, Jacob, you're laughing. Somebody send you a weather Josh, machine? Josh Newton said, I think Aaron would like us both to be on the radio next No, week. I don't. 
Well, I would love Josh to be on here with me. He can come on here anytime he wants. But um, I don't know about this weather machine. <laughs> Just wait. Just, Just wait. wait. Jacob tells me that all the time. Just wait. Well, when he's right and I'm wrong, I'll tell him you won. All right, <laughs> you don't. Have, I don't. I'm not trying to win. I'm just saying what I'm saying. You know, oh, Josh is over smiling right now. <laughs> All right. All right. Anybody got anything? We got 30 seconds. Anybody got any closing remarks? This has been fun. It's been good. Hey, I'm ready it, for the. Is fall your chair really home? low, or do you just get shorter? I don't know. I think it. My chair got shorter. It, <laughs> it, 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 it shrank a little bit. <laughs> I was like, I mean, it's like Jamie's all tall over there, and Hannah's down here. And normally it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. It's like I was talking to my mom. All right. Oh, I knew that was coming. I had to make a mom. I'm sorry, Jamie. Was she going to say something? No, I said I was ready for the fall of Babylon. You ready for the fall of Babylon? The fall of Babylon. Hallelujah. Revelation 19, 20, 21. <laughs> and the, grace, the great beast has fallen. The great system has been destroyed. Hallelujah. Well, we're out of time. We love you guys so much. Um, interested in diving some more in this with Brother Greg tomorrow morning. Thank you, Jacob, for always bringing a controversial subject on Wednesday. <laughs> uh, it's always a pleasure. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time, here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.